This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Made in Melbourne for Australia and the world. Joy 94.9. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome into The Locker Room. Thanks, David, for the news. And uh, you won't be able to catch up on what's happening around Melbourne now till 7am in the morning. Of course, thanks to Michael and Glenn from the Royal Daltons ever. What a great show. Smithy, co-host, first time back in 2014. I'm excited to be back. Uh, 2014 is going to be a big year for sport. You'd be loving uh, writing 2014 on your checks, wouldn't you? You'd be still a check man, wouldn't you? Oh, no, I think I've checks, checks have gone the way of, of uh, other non-mechanised devices, I think. So it's no. okay. Uh, of course, The Locker Room is your show about uh, sport in our community. And also, uh, we'll be down there at, at Carnival this Sunday. So we'll be, uh, of course, today, today catching out with Team Melbourne to talk more about that. Um so what else have we got on the show other than uh, Team Melbourne, Smithy? Uh, the Melbourne Chargers, which are Melbourne's gay and inclusive rugby union team, are gearing up for a big 2014. We're going to have a, bit of a chat with Anton and Andrew, who are committee members of the Melbourne Chargers, to find out what they've got in store. Might be some sort of big World Cup type thing going on for gay rugby teams. We'll see. Impressive. Um, we might have all been on holidays, but, but the action in the A-League has been pretty damn hot. Uh, there's been sat coaches and unruly crowds, lots of controversy. So we're going to have a chat to Aaron about what's been happening in the round ball game. Plus, you know, the usual roundup, uh, what's on in sport this week. But now I think, Rolly, it's time for your roundup. Former NBA star Dennis Rodman is currently in the isolated state of North Korea to celebrate Kim Jong-un's birthday, his stated best friend, according to uh, CNN. The eccentric Rodman last night lashed out on CNN after being quizzed about visiting North Korea so soon after the execution of Kim's uncle. When quizzed further about the status of the detained US citizen Kenneth Bai, Rodman just let loose. Great YouTube video clip, by the way, Smith, if you want to look at it. Uh, struggling to contain his anger, Rodman's come out and says, I don't give a rat's ass. What the hell you think? You are the guys behind the mic and we are the guys here doing our thing. And he's got these bemused... He's taken a whole bunch of uh, retired basketball players with him and they're all sitting there behind Rodman as he's sitting there with a big cigar in North Korea and these players are just sitting there looking like they uh, don't know why on earth they got on the plane with him. But um, yeah, really strange thing. Well, they're probably all worried they're going to get bumped off like Kim Jong-un's poor uncle. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, exactly right. You wouldn't want to play badly, would you? Well, the weird thing is, is everybody's sort of very bemused, but um, a lot of experts have come out today saying don't actually be that surprised about the relationship between Rodman and Kim. According to experts, the pair have a mutually beneficial relationship with Kim using Rodman as a PR weapon against the evil West and Rodman using his newfound friendship to become a celebrity once again where he lost fame. So what a great thing to do. It's good to know. Like, if you're a failing celebrity, there's always North Korea. Exactly. And and you're back in. Uh, Toronto. Politicians have taken a step forward to building the city's first gay-focused sports and recreation centre. Only two members of the council voted against the proposal, including infamous crack-smoking mayor Robert Ford. Oh, well, he would, wouldn't he? (laughs) Get off the crack. 
Ford. Uh, the centre is expected to cost about $100 million. Council has already secured, believe it or not, $33 million from anonymous sponsors. Councillor Kristen Wong-Tam called it a groundbreaking moment for Toronto and perhaps for the world. She said, We know that lesbian, gay and bisexual transgender people are not always welcome despite the fact that we have a motherhood statement that we have equality in the city. She said, This is an opportunity for all of us to lead. Yes, so it's quite right, isn't it? Like, there's always these big statements about how equal, but does it actually get put into play? I don't know how I feel about this. Like, isn't the whole point that we want to be welcomed by mainstream institutions? Why should we have our own sporting complex? Smithy, it all sounds very Canadian to me. Like, they'll have one for the French speakers too. Smithy, a hundred. I'm telling you, mate, a hundred million for your own uh, gay and lesbian sport recreation centre. I wouldn't go wrong with that. There already are some gay gay men sport and recreation centres in Melbourne, aren't they? But they call them something else. I think <laughs> they only cost half a million. Um, boxing legend Evander Holyfield has been reprimanded by UK TV bosses on reality show Celebrity Big Brother. This is quality viewing. The five-time world heavyweight champion entered the house to huge cheers on Friday night, but is already facing public backlash after his homosexual. His suggested homosexuality could be fixed by a doctor comments. In a conversation with fellow housemate about openly gay stars in sport, he replied, but that ain't normal, mate. Holyfield then insisted, it don't make no difference if you're born and your legs were turned this way or that way. What do you do? You go to the doctor and you get it fixed back right. That sounded more like Crocodile Dumb Yeah, I'm really struggling with that accent, I've got to say. I went wrong. I need some more of my soothers. Um, anyway, <laughs> this is what happens when you let Kiwis behind microphones. Uh, Ashes. Uh, so we had the Ashes 5-0 whitewash, Woo-hoo! of course. Uh, Richard Brown, who was a uh, attended the last day of the Ashes series with seven of his mates to see Australia, of course, defeat England. Not only did the Wollongong New South Wales resident bring along seven of his best mates, he also brought along a gigantic sign directed at Australia's greatest ever league spinner, Shane. Warn. It read, Hey Warney, send us a text with his mobile number emblazoned for all to see. Problem is, the sign appeared on television and the calls haven't stopped ringing. He's had over 5,000 text messages and 380 odd phone calls. Uh, and he says that most of them have said that they're Warney. So uh, he's been faced to, of course, change his number. Did you, see, did you see the bunch of guys all in the crowd at the SCG all dressed as Richie Benno? Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a big, big group of them all dressed with like the big. Like white hair on and the big sharp wide world of sports microphone. Oh, how great is that? Quite, quite impressive. I think they is got. Is he still alive? Richie Benno, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's well. just he's um he's stepped away from the limelight a little bit. Oh well. Uh, Leighton Hewitt won his uh, first career title as basically an unbeknown teenager back there in Adelaide in 1998, uh, and he's been uh, of course. And, of course, 16 years later, he's done the same thing uh, with a victory over Roger Federer. Did you watch that in Brisbane the other night? Oh, it was pretty... I did. It was kind of weird. Yeah. I was like... Oh. But uh, is, do you think Roger's finished? Oh, look, I wouldn't say that. Like, I think the, the champions like Federer don't just bring out their best for those kind of tournaments. I think what's interesting about Leighton Hewitt, I mean, look, a lot of people have strong views about him one way or another. Like, some people think he's this sort of hero and some people think he's a brat. And there, there isn't a lot of space in between. But I think just as an athlete, you have to kind of admire the guy. Like, tennis is just dominated by these giants, like these huge, mass, like these massive men who have just got huge arms and legs and they just smack the cover off the ball. Leighton Hewitt is nowhere near of the physicality of those players, but he sort of makes up for it with tenacity and determination. I'm always surprised with Aussies, though. You know, they always get stuck in, for some reason, get stuck into their own players. We don't know whether these other people have... Um, a skites and things like that. You know, people talk about Bernard Tomic with such sort of disdain, you know, just because he's a bogan from the Gold Coast. I mean, he's still an Aussie and he's still a pretty good tennis player. Look, it's true. I mean, Hewitt has not covered himself in glory on the court from time to time. 
you know, calling people a spastic and, um. you know. But that's Australian, isn't well, it? Well, look, it's, it's, it's pretty poor form, actually. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Uh, of course, Bernard Tomic uh, did very well in uh, launching his career back up in uh, Sydney today. Uh, Bernard Tomic's father was John Tomic was allowed into the stadium, believe it or not. As you know, he's been banned for the next 12 months. He will not be at Melbourne Park. Craig Tilley, the chief executive of Tennis Australia, has, has stated, but he was allowed into Sydney to watch his son play. And uh, Bernard has been nicknamed Atomic. What do you think about that? Oh, like atomic, atomic. Yeah, I thought that's not a bad play on word, is it? Atomic. I, I hope know. it doesn't. That's, I'm that's pretty it lame. What are you gonna say? Up there, an atom. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Yep. Um, so while down in Tassie, a loud explosion has shaken up Australia's Casey Deliqua in her opening round match in Hobart. A loud bang was followed by a large plume of smoke from a chimney on the clubhouse adjoining the court. I love that, Hobart. There's a oh, chimney That's probably about the most the exciting court. thing that's happened in Hobart in a long time. <laughs> Deliqua said the explosion sh- actually shook me to uh, to the core. Uh, she eventually triumphed over her opponent 6-4-6-4. Tournament organiser Mark Hanley, however, said it appeared a gas build-up had been responsible. Two people were in the kitchen. And making noodles, uh, and however, after the explosion, there's, there's been a couple of pots and pans that fell on the ground, but it wasn't too bad. So that was all good to hear down there in Tassie. Uh, Robbie Rogers uh, has come out. Uh, oh, well, I love was, Robbie Rogers. I know. Um, anyway, but he was just been interviewed by the BBC, and he says he actually hasn't been contacted by any other fellow players. Uh, neither in he's got a lot of support, but he hasn't, you know, had anybody say, "Well, look, I'm thinking about coming out," um, and. You know, he's just sort of, he's, he's loving where he is at the moment. So it's really good to, you know, say he was frightened about he's, coming he, out. He's not waiting by the phone, waiting for other gay soccer players to ring him, though. No, no, okay, no, fine. no, 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 no. That, just, you're making it sound a bit sad. No, 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 he's not waiting by the phone. He's just saying that um, he, he knows what they're going through and he knows it would be hard, but he's saying that, you know, it is okay to come out. and Call me. Call me, exactly. Um, for you, Smithy, you'll be very excited that, you know, Australian Open, very exciting. Hollywood A-listers that may be coming and have been invited. Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, uh, I think they're coming. Oscar winners, Jeffrey Rush, Kate Blanchett, we think. Uh, Pearl Jam frontman, Eddie Vender. Oh, and here we go, rapper Snoop Dogg. How do you think Snoop Dogg would go down there 39 degrees down at Melbourne Park? I just like the tennis. I couldn't give a stuff about any of these people. What, you wouldn't be down there watching for Snoop Dogg? No, I'll be there on... watching the tennis. Um, Oh, okay. Well, Snoop Dogg may be there, so uh, get very exciting. And, of course, um, oh, Kathy Freeman may also be there in Ian Thorpe. Yay. Uh, that is your roundup for the 8th of January 2014. You're in the locker room on Joy 94.9. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Well, welcome back into The Locker Room with Rolly and Smithy. Smithy, great song there. Little Mix with Move, your request. We'll see how my choice goes next. Uh, many people out there may have set themselves a New Year's resolution to get fitter to try a new sport. This Sunday is your chance to start putting those ideas into action at the Midsummer Carnival. This year sees the launch of the Beyond Blue Sporting Precinct, where all the GLBTIQ sports community has has to offer on display. Sorry, I've got a spelling mistake there. Here to tell us all about it from Team Melbourne, our President Caroline Harrison, uh, a.k.a. Booker, and Vice President Sebastian Delfino. Guys, welcome into the locker room for 2014. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so what is the Beyond Blue Sporting Precinct? 
Well, we're very excited about the Beyond Blue Sporting Precinct. Um, in conjunction with Midsummer and uh, Beyond Blue, we've actually put together a sporting precinct which is going to host our own, own stage and a grassed-off uh, sporting area where a lot of the clubs can do their own activities. And we sat down with Midsummer last year and said, look, we want to shake things up a little bit. We want to get the clubs a little bit more involved and the community a little bit more involved about showing off our particular skills. So they were fantastic and worked with us and supported by Beyond Blue. They've come up with the sports precinct concept. Um, and one of the things with Beyond Blue is because they're, they're a big supporter of an active lifestyle and a healthy lifestyle creates a healthy mind and outlook, which, you know, the sporting clubs all promote as well. So between the three of us, it's come together really, really well. And this Sunday will be the first time it has been presented to everyone. So we're really looking forward to it. Because there's such a, a diversity of sports now on offer in the Melbourne community, aren't yes. there? Yep. Like, what kind of sports can people expect to see represented there? Well, there's, there's actually sports and recreational groups, but like, for example, on, this, on our stage display, there's going to be a uh, fashion show by the Glamourhead Sharks Aquatics Club. Now, that would be very interesting because I'm sure that's going to be bathers and, um, you know, towels. And I think Funky Trunks are also supporting that. So that's fantastic. The Dance Cats, which are the same-sex sports, they'll be on throughout the day. Now, same-sex sports are, are really, it's a really, I think, a really elegant type of sport and always draws big crowds. So that, that will be an interesting one. On the uh, grass area, we have the Chargers Rugby and uh, they'll be doing skills and I think a game, I think possibly a game and also Melbourne Spikers Volleyball Club, they've got demonstrations on what, on what they're going to be doing what's really interesting is Tempion Bowling have a grass bowling 10-pin bowling uh, set up, so that will, be, that will be fun to see. Does but that work? Can you I do 10-pin so. bowling on grass? I believe so. Mm, we're um, going to find out. We're going to find out for the first time. Um, the Melbourne Surge water polo, which apparently is going to be quite fun, they're doing some kind of land game skills demonstration. Now, they've got no water to do with, so I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I believe from what I've heard from Midsummer, it's going to be quite a, a fun activity. So that'll be, that'll be really, really good to see. We also have stalls like Motor Friends, which is the car clubs. We have um, uh, the Asia-Pacific Out Games, the Darwin Games, and we also have Cleveland. So there's quite a lot of activities out there. I believe the Pink Magpies are in there. There's, there's quite a few sports to see and do. But more importantly, I think from us, and there's obviously the Team Melbourne stand, which will have the ladies' hockey on it. We have Vic Tennis. Um, so there's, there's lots there, but it's also about demonstrating and having a look at what those sports are. So it's the first time we've all come together as a, as a big group and to, to showcase what all the different sports can do. So hopefully, you know, everyone will get a fair bit out of that. And people just uh, can just jump in. You know, even if they haven't played sport before, they can have a go at the grass bowling. <laughs> Uh, probably not at this stage. What we're looking at, I mean, obviously trying to control a big area like that might not necessarily be the case. Um, we'll probably have a closer look at that on the day. But two weeks leading on from that, we actually have our sports day, which mm. the Team Melbourne Sports Day, which Sebastian can tell you about, which is literally a full-on come and try and so forth. So I'm hoping this week is this weekend is about um, not only promoting what uh, Beyond Blue do and so forth, but to have a good look and be able to come and talk to our uh, sporting groups and recreational groups at the stand, have a look what we do and then lead on in, come and have a, a try at our sports day where those particular sporting clubs are going to be there to let you come and try. Yeah, so, and, and probably a good time to throw to you, Sebastian. You're 
what could people expect at the sports day then? Is that, that, that's the more hands-on opportunity, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, the carnival days are great leading to the sports day and the sport, this is our third year of running the sports day and it just gets bigger and bigger every single year. Uh, we've got about 13 or 14 sports participating on the day and it really is an opportunity for anyone who wants to come down and have a go at any of the sports to do so. Uh, so it, it allows you to be able to participate, whether it's in a, a drills capacity or even in an exhibition game, and then get to, get to dip your finger in a few of the sports, so to speak, and see which one you like best to, to, to move into in 2014. Yeah, I had my uh, mother down there at Maribyrnong last year. Mum's 60th birthday the day before, and she was having a go with the Argonauts. We didn't get her in the boat, but they had the... Uh, she the might ro- have a go this year. The rowing machines, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll have to get her from Christchurch <laughs> again. Um, so, in terms of... So, the big event's coming out for Team Melbourne this year, so we're, we're going to start off with a big bang with Midsummer this week, and then we've got the trial-out day. What day was it, sorry? So, it's the 1st of February. Pardon me, <coughs> the 1st of February. 1st of Feb, and that's yep. on a Saturday. It I is assume. on a Saturday, yeah. And, yep. and where can we find that? Um, it's at the, at the Fitzroy... Sorry, not Fitzroy, um, Footscray. Um, Maribyrnong. Oh, Maribyrnong. Yeah. yeah. It's Maribyrnong coming to the west. It is. It's been it's been in the West for a couple of years now, and, and like I said, last year was quite successful. And, mm. and the university down there um, had some of the had their stadiums available, and then there was the grounds down at the Footscray Park and and uh, the river, of course, for the rowers. Yeah. So what are so what are the sports that will be involved on that day? So we've got the rowers. I assume uh, there'll be some rugby going on there, but a soccer as well. The rowers. Yeah. Will be so there. we've got a few really um, really interesting things and really um, exciting things happening on the day as well. So we've got some some interest with AFL as well, um, with mm. an AFL nines exhibition match happening during the lunch break. We've also got uh, the A League Soccer Club uh, Melbourne Heart that are coming down oh, wow. to assist the the, the uh, Rovers in uh, doing some drills as well. So one of their skills coaches is definitely coming down on the day. And, and look, they've been um, fantastic. I mean, very, very supportive of of, um, of Team Melbourne. They, they actually approached us and um, and wanted to be involved. Which I think is fantastic. Look, I was at a Melbourne Heart game, and I think there's about two men and a dog there recently. <laughs> so I reckon they need to start seriously targeting this community to get some more people on board. Mm. It's a... You weren't wearing a Heart jersey, were you? Yeah, I was actually. Uh... I, I've, I've firmly jumped on that. Well, it feels like home as a North Melbourne supporter. The Heart just feels like a natural home. Supporter, yeah. Definitely. Mm. Also on Carnival Day, we'll be handing out uh, some flyers and a fair bit of information um, in regards to the sports mm. day. So mm. people can also get information from us then. So some people may not be there, of course, across the day. So what generally in the morning, what have we got on and then going into the afternoon? So um, In regards to Carnival? Yeah, in yeah. terms of sports. So so sure. all the teams under the G- under the Team Melbourne banner, so there's probably, what, about 10, 10 odd of them or 15 yeah, odd of them will all be there in their stalls. But yep. what time will the demonstrations be going on? Well, that basically starts at 11 and the actual schedule for the main stage or the, and the grass area of the sports precinct is actually on the Midsummer website. But mm. we kick off with Dance Cats, I think, by memory. Um, they, they'll start it off and then I think it... Um, I think it'll lead into. Oh, there's a there's a giant Jenga. Is that you saying? There is a giant Jenga Jenga Mm. happening, which uh, is it, which will be very very interesting. So, but you you can actually look at the schedule for the day on the Midsummer website. So, what do they call themselves? Well, it's not. It's a stacking. It's a stacking. And anybody can get involved in that. No, that's I think with the Human Rights Council or there's another. Sounds like Tim Wilson, doesn't it? It is. It's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, there we go. Well, thanks very much for coming in today, guys. Thank you for having us. No, that's all right. We'll be in touch, of course, across the year because it's exciting year for Team Melbourne. Of course, you've got Cleveland coming up and the Pride March in between. Pride March, Carnival. Yeah. So we'll just keep touching base as we go in, but. And we will see you down there. Me and Smithy, we've just had a comment in from Craig. He wants to know whether we'll be there down there in Speedos, uh, Smithy. I think Um, you should be. Well, no, I think there'll be other people more suited to being in Speedos, like the boys from the the Surge and... 
and, uh, and the glamour heads. heads. Exactly. Yeah. I think they're the ones who I should be in speedos. I think they'd be happy to see you in speedos. Well, why don't oh, we don't go down that. and we'll go down in rugby shorts? I we'll, think we'll we can at least do on. that. And then yeah. uh, Greg's also texted and he said, I can't wait to meet the locker room boys. Maybe I can teach rolling. I'm assuming that's me. How to pronounce foreign names. Haha, <laughs> kidding. Love you guys. Well, that's great. He Thanks, can't be Greg. taught how to pronounce foreign names. It's impossible. I'm going to give you a big beer hug on Sunday. Saturday, that's when Carnival is. If you come down, Greg, and introduce yourself. All right, that is the locker room, and uh, we'll be back shortly. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Not all of our listeners may know this, Rolly, um, but we both play rugby for the Melbourne Chargers. Now, what we know is the Chargers are always on the lookout for new players from experience through beginners. And to tell us a bit more about what the Chargers are up to, including uh, down at the Midsummer Carnival, we're being joined today by Club President Anton and Committee Member and Official Team Photographer Andrew. So welcome, boys, to the locker room. Hello. Thank you very much. Anton, 2014 is looking like a busy year for the Chargers. Tell us a bit about what's going to be going on. Oh, we've got so much going on this year. Um, to begin with, we've got Midsummer happening this weekend, which we could have a large representation. Then we've got our Rugby 101, which is going to be an introduction session for all potential new players, which we're hopefully going to get loads on. Then in March, we've got uh, Purchase Cup, where the whole team's going up to Brisbane. Then we've got our season. Then we've got activities going on. And the major big thing that we've got this year is actually the Bingham Tournament, which is being held in Sydney. So, Anton, why are tournaments like Purchase and Bingham that important? It's why just, are they such a big deal, I'm trying to say? Why is it a big deal? Because it gives us the opportunity to demonstrate to other teams, not only from our from Melbourne to also interstate to international, how good we are as a team. Um, at last Bingham tournament, we went in there. To be honest, I wasn't personally expecting that we were going to get very far, but we managed to get to the finals, and this was the first time we'd ever entered the Bingham tournament, and we showed a lot of other teams around the world how good we actually are. Um, purchase we get a chance to play against the uh, uh, Sydney Convicts and Brisbane Hustlers and we get to show them our skills and how good a team we are Andrew, um, I mean being part of a, a team like the Chargers why, I mean you're not an active player but you are an important and integral part what, what, how did, I mean what is so important about I suppose not only just the Chargers but gay sport and gay teams Oh look I think, well there are two things for me, firstly being a supporter proves that you don't have to play the sport to actually be involved. Mm. And that's one of the great things about the Chargers. It's been really welcoming. It's a community group around my community. And to so participate in that has been really terrific. I think the thing that struck me about the Chargers more than anything, and I think this is true for sports groups in our community anyway, is that they do something really important. And it's not small. They take us out into the wilds of the suburbs, if you like, Mm. And take a message, we're here, we're queer, we can play on your turf, which is something that, for my generation, wasn't a lot about. Mm. So that, that's a really important thing, that it takes us out into a more mainstream competition and a more in an area of, say, Melbourne that we wouldn't ordinarily get to. I mean, how often, Smithy, do you go to Endeavour Hills? Or Nary, I remember where well, I was out there last Seaford. year. <laughs> or Seaford to... in the rain. I know, Moorabbin, Fountain Gate. I was at Fountain Gate on the, on the way out to, to Endeavour Hills. You, you're quite right, Andrew. You sort of, it takes you out there and, and puts you in the mainstream. And, and just sort of taking that, that point a bit further, I mean, if, if you were someone, you know, who maybe had played a bit of rugby or was just interested in the sport but you sort of were a bit concerned about kind of just jumping out and running out to the field. Tell us a bit about how the Chargers can help people 
get used to the sport or help them get involved in a way that you know doesn't mean they're sort of having their head taken off by some big Pacific Islander in their first week? Well, when I first came to Melbourne, I was actually surprised of how many people hadn't actually played Melbourne. Obviously, being an international, I come from a country where Wales is huge, and Mark, you can relate to that coming from New Zealand. It's kind of driven into you and drilled into you time and time again. But a lot of our players who join the Melbourne Chargers have never picked up a rugby ball before. So for them to come onto the rugby pitch after only a couple of training sessions and run into six foot three guys who are about five foot wide and built like brick walls is quite daunting. But the training sessions that we have really do prepare really well. So it's not so nerve wracking for people to come along. And we've got a lot of senior players now who can actually talk to our junior players and share their experiences Um so it's not so daunting. It's, you're going to get your first hit and it's going to hurt. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, it makes for good photo- photographs, though. Yeah. It really does. Oh, bruises are really in at the moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. A little yeah. bit of roughed up. Chick mm. dig scars, I think people say. <laughs> so what type of guys are you looking for? Oh, I mean, to join the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll give my personal mobile number. I mean, uh, we'll uh, give the email out. No. Basically, it doesn't matter what background you're from, what size you are, what shape you are. Rugby is a sport for everybody. Luckily, the well, for myself, I'm a slightly larger guy, so I get to go in the forwards and have all the fun there. Um, the people, the smaller guys, the nippier guys, they can go in the backs, you know, have a bit of a flutter around back there, you know, we know what those backs get up to, Mark. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. So, I mean, I'm just wondering, though, since you're a bigger guy, I'm assuming you mean tall, but what about people that may be a little bit unfit? Maybe, you know, they've uh, spent, uh, well, spent three or four shape? months on the couch, so there's a little bit of fitness in there. There's a lot of fitness in there. We encourage our teams to... Uh, what are you pointing at me for? I'm fit-ish. <laughs> we encourage ish. people to get into fitness programs. We do a lot of fitness as part of the training. It's not all about how to throw a ball or how to toe ta- take a tackle. We also get people's endurance up by doing interval training. Um, it can be quite scary for those who are slightly unfit, but we'll soon get your fitness up. We'll soon whip you into shape. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I have to say that that was the one thing as a new player coming into the sport that I was completely unprepared for was just how physically punishing it was in terms mm. of your endurance. So I imagine pre-season's going to be pretty big this year. Our oh, pre-season's going to be huge. With Purchase Cup being so close in March, we've got a lot on. I think our first training session's actually next, well, it is next Tuesday. We want to get the ball rolling as quickly as possible and try and get everyone's fitness up. Hang and on, hang on, hang on. I think you're beginning to scare people off here with the intensity of what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's... Let's wind it back a bit, Andrew. I like, yeah. I like where, you, where you're going with this. Yeah, look, uh, what I saw last year, and it was the first year I'd been involved in the Chargers, and really it was my first exposure to rugby, was a lot of people who hadn't played, who had all sorts of fitness levels, but who, through joining this team, changed their fitness, discovered a sport they really enjoyed, and that was the fun of it. So, you know, I'd be a bit careful, Anton, in talking about how hard the pre-season is. Oh, I'm not saying it's, it's... It's a breeze, guys. It really is a it's, breeze. It's a run and, in the park. Yeah, <laughs> just absolutely. come down for a quick jog around Albert Park. You'll be fine. Yeah. And, and then just to talk Walk. about the sort of the, the taking the game to the to the Burbs. I mean, the Chargers are playing in the in the Victorian Rugby Union, so they're playing in the, the mainstream competition. What's been the reaction that you have observed to this gay team coming out and playing against, you know, the sort of traditional rugby clubs of Melbourne? For me, for my personal experience from playing rugby, it doesn't matter whether you're gay, whether you're straight, people are there to play rugby first. Um, they're encouraging, they're very encouraging of the Melbourne Chargers because it does facilitate a channel for people to come along who may never have played rugby before. So they come to us after the game and say, look, you guys are doing great. You know, we've seen how much you've developed from the first game to the last game. Your progression is phenomenal. You know, there might be one or two people out there that might do the, the older slurs, but... 
they see how much we want to play the game. We're not there just to prance around. We're there to play rugby. Andrew, I mean, from the sidelines, you'll actually be able to hear what's going on, I, I suppose. Yeah. Anton, with your headgear and your, your ears blocked, and you're probably just yelling, and no one else can hear. I mean, well, <laughs> uh, I mean, what are you hearing from the sidelines? Early on in the season, I thought it was really interesting. I heard a couple of guys make some kind of slur comments. Mm. But hearing them later in the afternoon, those comments have turned to respect because of the way that the Chargers played the game, mm. the commitment, the enthusiasm, the courage they showed on the field, even though they weren't as well-equipped with the skills. And I think that's what I see on the sidelines. Mm. I see people recognising that this is a team that's committed to its rugby mm. as much as anything else. Which is kind of key because I suppose it doesn't matter your background, does it, Whether how you identify sexually... That doesn't actually matter, does it? So you can be from any background and, and come yes. join the charges, is that? Absolutely. We don't discriminate about... It doesn't matter whether you're straight or gay. You know, we encourage everybody to play. Like I said, most of the, most of the players that we have are gay and we have a couple of straight guys that join and they, they love it. They love playing mm. with us. They enjoy throwing the ball around with us and they enjoy getting to rocks and tackles. Mm. Having a gay best friend is very in right now. So <laughs> we are so hot right the charges now. and grab yourself exactly. one. Uh, thanks, guys, so much for joining us. We'll see you down there, of course, on... Uh, I'm kicking this wrong. Is it Saturday or Sunday? It's Sunday, Rolly. Sunday. All I right, Sunday. it was Saturday. I will take my picnic basket. You bring the camembert. I'll bring some hummus and we'll... we'll Get down there in our rugby shorts. We'll be there in our rugby shorts and socks. That'd be great. And our, not in our, speedos. Yeah. No, no speedos. What have we missed, by the way, this whole speedos thing? I know. Uh, oh, look, we've got this bevy of adoring fans out there, Anton, who all want to see us in speedos. Of course. Remarkable Tell them to come down sounds. to a training session and you guys can do a training session in your speedos. How's that sound? Oh. Then they can come see you. Challenge. If you want to send us a text, 0427-JOY949, promise to come down to... To Rugby 101 with the Melbourne Chargers, and I'll be there in my Speedos. How about that? There we go. Donations like now that. being accepted. Just missing. <laughs> uh, you're in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Now, Rolly, you might remember last year we had a couple of A-League supporters in the studio and we got them to debate the merits of Hart versus Victory and which of the two A-League sides in Melbourne you should back. We never invited the Hart one back, did we? Well, no, we didn't, mainly because Aaron was, was, pretty, was pretty tough on him. But look, just, no, to, just to spite him, I've chosen the Hart. So I've, I've nailed oh. my colours to the mast. Yep. It, it, it feels like home. Like going out there with a very well, small crowd, loser, watching well. them lose, it just it just felt like home as a North Melbourne supporter. So with that in mind, now we're here to bring on Aaron, who's going to bring us up to date with what's been happening in the A-League. Aaron, welcome to the locker room. G'day, guys. How are you going? Uh, we're super. So That's good. the Melbourne Heart, um, they've sacked their coach and they put in a kind of half-decent performance on the weekend and scraped a nil-all draw. That, that, that seems okay to me. That looks like a win. <laughs> for the heart this year, it seems like a win. I think they've got 13 games in to midway point of the season and they're still without a victory. Uh, I think they put in a bit of performance against the Mariners, got a nil-all draw, but they're still struggling to score. It's a problem for them. Now, what's all this kerfuffle about hooliganism at, 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 at sporting stadiums in Melbourne now with the Melbourne Victory supporters and the Western Sydney Wanderers? Well, tell us a bit about that. Okay, so there was um, it, it, not, it wasn't necessarily at the stadium. It was about a couple of hours before the match um, in Burke Street. So they were playing um, in Richmond, and it was in Burke Street. There was just some Melbourne Victory fans who, uh, from my understanding, went to uh, a pub, and there was some Western Sydney fans there, and there was a bit of a kerfuffle, um, some chairs thrown, some 
um, some bottles thrown and the like, and I think just uh, young kids with too much testosterone throwing, flowing through the veins and a bit too much booze. I mean, it's just not good enough, though, is it really? I mean, we should be banning them. Shouldn't we take some points off them or something? Look, that may have an effect. It may, you know, curb these people from, from doing what they're doing. Um, but I think what they've done at the moment to suspend that um, that point deduction is probably the reasonable thing. See if that has any effect. And if it doesn't, then, you know, the, the league's probably got no choice but to deduct the points. How else can you... I mean, how can you... How do you think you can hold a, a club accountable for the behaviour of 100 people? It's difficult, isn't it? difficult there's only so much the club can do they can put the uh the procedures in place to um police the fans as best they can but when you know the fans are doing this completely unrelated to the game um you know three kilometers from the stadium there's only so much the club can do but you would you would think though it's important for the image of the sport i mean it's it's trying to promote itself as sort of something for everyone it's inclusive family friendly kind of game and this is the, the last thing that football would need in australia i would have thought yeah, that's right. Look, it's always good to have a bit of edge. I think that's what differentiates uh, football from AFL is that edge and, you know, fans versus fans, not necessarily in a violent way, but um, in a supporting manner. Um, so it's always good to be on edge and, you know, to have that bit of, um, not fear, but just, uh, you know, to know that the, it, it's us against them mentality. But I think, uh, you know, some kids have been watching too many videos and have taken a bit too far trying to, uh, I suppose, make themselves feel big around their mates. It's a bit of a pity, really, because there's so much positive stuff that goes on with soccer. Do you think there's a, a bit of an element of the, the media getting a bit carried away with this? Uh, oh, there definitely is. Uh, if you look at, you know, News Limited have a, have a fairly vested interest in, in ensuring that AFL and NRL are, are the most popular sports. That always comes down to money. But um, from the footage that was seen, you know, there can only be you can only deny that this problem happened so much, and that footage was pretty. Um, pretty shocking with people, you know, running at each other with sticks and the like. Um, so the problem exists. It's not as great as they portray in the media, but it certainly exists. Now, Aaron, you were our man in Brazil not that long ago. Um, I was. I was actually, over in Brazil. Yeah, tell us about what that was all about. Um, so I've got to, I run a sports travel uh, company on the side, and we uh, called Greening Old Army, and we take um, clients and you know travellers over to World Cup. So South Africa last time, this time for the World Cup in. Brazil, which is going to be amazing. Uh, so I was over in Brazil for the draw to find out where we play. And interesting enough, um, we've drawn to play uh, our first game in a city called Queer Bar. Um, oh, Queer which, Bar. I've been to that it, a it few times. It almost sounds like Queer Bar. Um, sounds I mean, like a nice know, place. A few of the listeners may have been there before, but uh, so yeah. that's, it's a very rustic Wild Wild West town. So Did you check out Coco Cabana? Was, what was going yep. on there? Would you just sort of do a bit of investigating and looked at the facilities? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So Copacabana Beach is pretty amazing and, you know, the people are dressed, as you see, um, in all the photographs. Uh, but the nightlife has moved to an extent to a place called Ipanema, which is just down the road, um, where you find the best clubs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was over there for work, but still managed to get a few drinks in, um, which was good. The Brazilians sure know how to party. Now, Australia goes into the World Cup this year as the lowest ranked team in the tournament. It's not going to go well for us, is it? I wouldn't have thought so. We're playing the two reigning uh, World Cup finalists, uh, Spain and Netherlands. What, both of them? Both of the teams that played in the finalists yeah. are in our pool? That's right, oh. yes. And we've got Chile um, first up, and they're ranked 12th in the world. So, And, and, and you're trying to sell people tickets first. to this? Exactly, exactly. We're taking 500 across, so there's going to be... You know, for Australians, we're, we're realistic. We go over to the World Cups for the experience to you know mingle with fans from 
other countries to have a good time and a party, and the football's a bonus. So mm. to me, it's expectations a, it, are realistic. It's a making of a blockbuster. I can see it now. It'll be called Invincible, and Australia wins the World Cup. I can see. Yeah, it now. exactly. Oh, exactly. Dream on, Rolly. Um, getting back to <laughs> getting back to the A League, I see uh, Alessandro Del Piero's out. Do you think uh, how's he gone so far? Uh, has he been worth? Been, has he been worth the I coin? Think they they, just, well, he was in the first year. He's putting bums on seats. I suppose that's why they've got him uh, there. And he does have a class that, um, you know, the Australian players don't. But I think age is catching up with him this year. He seems to be um, off the park as much as he is on it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he's probably not giving them the best value at the moment. But uh, Brisbane Roar, it seems, are the team to beat at the moment. Sorry? Is, is it Br- Brisbane Roar? They're the, they're the team Brisbane to beat. Brisbane Roar. Yeah, they, they absolutely thumped victory over the weekend, 3-0. Uh, victory weren't even in the match. Um, so they've shot away to a seven-point gap between them and Western Sydney, who are in second place. Um, and then from there on, it's fairly close between the rest of the teams. Do they except for the heart, of course. Except which for are, the heart. Yeah, which are nowhere to be seen. Do they always play the Katy Perry song at their games? Who's that? The Brisbane Roar. I just imagine I I every know. time they score one, a game, Katy Perry would would blast out. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, okay. that was a side one. Um, with that, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us here in the locker room, and uh, we hope to hear from you again as the A-League season unfolds. No worries, guys. Speak to you soon. You're on the locker room on Joy 94.9. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Oh, welcome back into the Locker Room on this fine Melbourne evening. Glad to see the weather's back in a sporting, a sport, uh, well, allow sport to, to happen, I suppose, where I was going with that, Smithy. Yeah, well done. Smithy, uh, <laughs> as always, Robbie. <laughs> I just, sometimes I, I'm, I'm going so well, and then when I go to hit the punchline, it sort it of It all just, just falls apart for it you, doesn't it? It disappears, yeah. Tell us what's happening this week in uh, The Australian Open, of course, kicks off on Monday, 13 January at Melbourne Park. Smithy, I still reckon, though, the after-five pass for $25, I feel like I'm working for them, still represents one of the best deals in sport in Melbourne. Uh, gets you access to all the outside courts after 5pm. This includes a match which is scheduled to start after 5 Oh, I'm not sure about Margaret Court Arena, but uh, which is newly refurbished and expanded. Of course, it's got a retractable roof over it. Um, but I didn't realise you can go free over the next three days to watch qualifying. Really? Mm. But, but who else will be there? It's all about mingling with the crowds, isn't it? Drink it. Yeah, well, I suppose. Are you going to go this year? Are you going to go this year? Open. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just usually hang out at the ANZ tent or something and just, you know, oh, collect it's, free it's stuff. It's a great event. I go on my two plastic bags. I come out with them chockers. I've got a towel and a ball. And um, I don't know who's played last year. I remember watching, yelling out something. It's just a wonderful event because the ground pass just lets you wander around all the outside courts other than the sort of two big sort of main courts. You get to mm. watch any game you like. You the chips are really good it's too. Fantastic. I got fish and chips last year. Okay. Well, um, cricket, and for those of you who are still who still care about it, because the cricket season is still ongoing in Australia, even though the Ashes are over, um, the much coveted Carlton Mid One Day International Series that that outstanding and sought after trophy. Like we've had the Ashes, but I think everyone's looking <laughs> to Carlton get Mid. the Carlton Mid. <laughs> Series that, that's obviously um, that's a that's a series of one day international games between Australia and England. Um, and it was that, a career highlight. I won the Carlton Midi Trophy. It yeah, was fantastic. So in England, if, if they were to win that, I'm sure that would undo all the pain of losing the Ashes five nil. Um, that, that's a, a one day international series in Australia and England. It, it kicks off at the MCG on Sunday the twelfth at two thirty. I reckon most of the people listening are going to be at the Midsummer Carnival instead. So. 
Um, if you still want to watch cricket but you want to avoid that clash, um, the Melbourne Stars are taking on the Adelaide Strikers at the MCG tomorrow at 7.40 for a bit of domestic T20 hit and giggle. And then on the 14th of Jan, the other T20 team, the Renegades, take on the Sydney Thunder at Etihad Stadium. And that's much more affordable and much more accessible mm. cricket, I think. I got really into T20. It's been a success for Channel 10 this year. Oh, big success. Dave Warner was, was bat. He was talking to the commentators while he was batting and then he got out and the stumps came yeah, off. big and ratings, big crowds, big success, all going well. Great show tonight, Smithy. Welcome back to 2014. That has uh, been us tonight. It started with a bang, I think, 2014. Can only get better from here, though. Of course. Thanks to the Chargers. Uh, and thanks to Team Melbourne. And, of course, thanks to you for turning up. And to Aaron for telling us about what's happening in A-League. And coming up next, we've got highlights of the World AIDS Day broadcast. Uh, and uh, enjoy that, and we will see you next week. That's been The Locker Room on Joy 94.9. See you later. GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Bringing you more of your, your, your community. Joy 94.9. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.